Israel, talking about the things we do in our future, in our present, show up in our future, and talking about people that we know and relationship people that are just habitually uh, uh, sowing the wrong seed, but still expecting a different harvest, <clears throat> and then getting frustrated why it doesn't change. So, amen. I mean, if you plant corn, you're just going to get corn. I mean, if you plant stupid, you're just going to get stupid. <laughs> Amen. I mean, it, it just doesn't work any different than that. You can't expect uh, something to, different to come up. Praise the Lord. So, uh, cover of our outline, we have Genesis 8, 22. It's our key verse for this. While the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest. As long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed, time, and harvest. Amen. It's just the way it is. God said that's the way it works. Winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. Praise the Lord. Father, I thank you this evening. As we go through this outline, Father, in this teaching, I thank you that by your spirit, you are here to teach us. You are here to open our eyes. You are here to bring instruction into our hearts and into our understanding. So, Father, tonight we're hungry to hear and to see what you would show to us through your word. Because, Father, we're hungry to see more than we've ever seen before, to do more than we've ever done before in our walk and our life with you. And we give you praise tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. You know, Sunday we were just talking about it, and I started thinking, and I thought, man, I'm only 63. Bernie Sanders is like 74, and he's running for president. So I got a lot of great years ahead of me. Amen. People go, well, I'm, I'm in my 70s. Come on, Bernie's running for president. Come on, we could be doing something for the Lord. All right, just a thought anyway. Kind of throwing that out there. Hillary's like 98. And she's running for president, so hey. Amen. Well, glory to God. Say this with me, our confession. I'm saved, born again, a new creation, delivered, redeemed, blessed, and an overcomer. Anybody believe that? Amen. That's really what the Word of God said. We're not making anything up. That's what the Bible says. Amen. I will live the life Christ died for me to live. I will fulfill his purpose in my life. For me to live as Christ. I have sown my life into the soil of his kingdom. I will live to see the harvest that he has formed in me. I will walk by faith and not by sight because I am a doer of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Go back to that one statement. I will live... To see the life that Christ died for me to have. Amen? Amen. Think about that. I want to live the life that he died for me to live. Amen. You just, you just go back. What did Jesus, what is the life that he died for us? I want to live that life. Not beneath that. I want to live that life. Amen. And, and, and that requires being used by God. That's kind of go back to that calling in that area. There's a lot of things. Being called by God doesn't always mean it, it's glorious. It means sometimes you're persecuted. It means sometimes, you know, people, if you didn't get that devotional, get it and read it. Read today. Start over. Pick one up before you go out and read it about a calling or career. Because careers, we can change if it's not going good. Let's God, I'll get another career. But sometimes our calling isn't always the most exciting thing. But it, re it reaps a harvest of an eternal reward. Amen? Hallelujah. But I want to fulfill that with my life. And uh, so I want you to go to Psalms chapter 1. And uh, I don't want to recap all of this. We'll go back over in just a minute. But... Uh, this verse is where in, in the second part of this, this is the first uh, scripture reference that we have. But I want you to look at Psalms chapter 1, and I want you to think about it as whether it is a miracle 
passage or a harvest passage. Watch this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the seat of the uh, or, or stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Meditating means pondering it and taking it to yourself. He shall be like a what? A tree. So he shall be like a tree. Watch this. Planted by the rivers of water, that brings forth its fruit in its season. So that's what, what the psalmist is saying. The believer who walks in the ways of God, meditates in the Word, look at, look at how it describes it. He's like a tree that's planted and that has seasons of harvest assigned to it that brings forth his fruit in his season. How many know trees aren't praying for miracles? Amen. A tree doesn't need a miracle. It just operates in season. Do you understand that? And that the life of the believer, the life in God, is to operate in the seasons that God has for us and understand that. And just to be, look at, we're faithful, we're planted, we're meditating there. Bring forth this fruit in his season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Everybody say does. So whatever he does, now let me just take the word does and turn that into sow. That, that when we sow, then God causes what we sow to prosper. The ungodly are not so, but they're like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Wow. So for us, God has designed that we would live by harvest and not need. I mean, there's times when we need miracles and God provides us, but primarily we want to live by harvest. Amen. Look at the inside of your outline. I don't want to go over the whole introduction again and we won't go get to where we want to go. I just want to share these thoughts, these first six thoughts there, and just keep those refreshed in our mind. First of all, a miracle will never produce promotion or real prosperity it is only an answer to an immediate need under extreme circumstances and God gives us when we get in those places we can believe God for miracles amen signs wonders and miracles we can believe God for that but the the purpose of this lesson is that we don't want to just always be needing a miracle Christians shouldn't be desperate it's just like needing to be healed all the time there needs to be that faith we just step over and say hey you know what I think I'll just live healthy I think I'll just believe God. I used to say it all the time. People used to tease me. I say, you know what? Youth possesses me. <laughs> Amen. First of all, I refuse to grow up. I've been around old people that acted old, and, and they were born, scared me. Amen. So I refuse to grow up. I, I refuse to think old. Amen. I, I want to I maintain a, a young mindset. I, I don't want to consider myself by my ears. I want to consider myself by how I feel. Amen. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. I look at some of these guys that are doing things at different ages and stuff, and you look at it where they're at, and, and then you look at other people, and, and they're old before they get started. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm tired. I, I tease young people all the time. Kids tired all the time. I'm tired. I mean, you're going to be a mess when you get to be my age. Yeah. Amen. If you're tired now, what are you going to be like when you get to 19? Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. So, but just live by that. Believe God for that. 
So, but, but it's the same thing. We, too many times, are looking for the miracles instead of being that tree of righteousness and just living in the season that God has for us. Secondly, harvest always brings increase, promotion, prosperity. That's what we just read in Psalms 1, didn't we? Harvest always brings increase, promotion, prosperity. Some think if they just had a miracle of provision, everything would be okay. But after a miracle, you still have to sow for a harvest or you're going to need another miracle before long. That's a big, so l- learning how, how to enter into a lifestyle, learning how to live by kingdom principle is what produces the life. I said it Sunday morning in first service and in second service and stuff, but by how we view life and how you do life and, and living by God's word eliminates a lot of the conflicts that a lot of people have in life. As a pastor, I, I, I minister to people, help a lot of people, and I go, man, I, I, I just don't... I'm trying to figure, God, how come you don't have the problems that so many people have when they need help and stuff? Well, first of all, I'm really living by this stuff. <coughs> how many know what I'm saying? Living by it and believing it. And God's word literally worked. Praise the Lord. So if we don't change what we do in our present, even a miracle will not change our future. You understand that? If I'm not changing... That, that, that's where yeah, they started last week, uh, again, in the financial peace seminar and with Dave Ramsey. And the first thing he does, man, is change how you look at your money. If you don't change what you're doing with your money, you're never going to have any more money. It's just simple. He just took biblical principle and finally applied and get people to live by that. Number one, get out of debt. Don't be in debt. If you have to charge it to have it, you don't need it. Doing all right? And, and he's not against buying a house or doing things like that. It would be wonderful if we all paid off our houses or doing those things and, and that. But, but there, there's a necessity for living stuff. But he's, he's against, and the principle, don't get above everything. Don't be influenced by what you have to where you have to work, where, where, where you become the slave of your home. You know what I'm saying? And so people there, they can't afford to do anything because their bills are so high. They, they, they want to honor God and they can't honor God because everything's upside down. So it's that whole thing, the great thing he does. Here's what he does. He says the first thing you do is you pay your tithes. You pay your tithes. You, you put God first because he said he had a young guy come and, and a young youth pastor came to him. Hey, Brother Dave, I, 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 I'm in the ministry, but, but I just can't afford to tithe. He said, well, show me your budget. And the guy had his giving at the bottom of the budget. He said, the problem is your budget's upside down. You need to put God first. Put God first at the top and believe that if you honor God, that, that he will come. You know, it's kind of funny. Even go back into Proverbs. didn't even say it about tithing. The Bible just says, honor the Lord. With the first fruits of all your increase, so shall your barn be filled with plenty, and your precious shall overflow with new wine. We're doing all right? Yep. So God said just by honoring him and keeping him first place, that he causes increase. He causes harvest to flow through. What he said, when you honor him, your, so shall your, your barns be filled with plenty. That's harvest. Yep. All right. Yep. I don't want to bore you tonight. Praise the Lord. So he says that, so a miracle will get you through a wilderness, but the law of harvest is for those who have entered the promised land. Think about that. God brought Israel through the wilderness by miracles. But when he got, when they entered in to possess the land, he didn't keep sending them manna. He keeps sending them quail. He didn't make water come out of rocks. They had to dig wells. 
had to, they had to plant crop. He, he says when you enter that and, and, and you plant and you sow and you're reaping and you're reaping the abundance by living in the promise, then, then he says, then don't forget God as well. Harvest is a season, number six. A miracle is a provision in extreme conditions and circumstances. And we shared last week about the widow with, with, with the oil and, and the meal and, and God sent Elijah down there to be ministered to her. But as soon as the drought was over, that miracle of provision ended because it was only for that season. And so then again, there's two types of provision in the Word of God, miracles and harvest. And then skip down a little bit. Harvest is the law, point number C there. Harvest is the law of the ordinary. It is everyday application of the Word, and it can be a part of my everyday life. I can expect to see it. Amen? I believe just by doing good. There, there, there are things that, I mean, when you get opportunity, it's not always in different ways. But be open to be prompted by God at different times. Amen? Amen. Last week, and, and, and I keep, uh, I don't like to pay, uh, when I pay with cash, I don't like to pay, you know, some people carry change around their pocket, and they go, well, that, that, that'll be, you know, $2.11. They go, wait a minute, I got 11 cents. I like to do that. I just give you $3, and then I'll keep the change. Then I have a change jar at home. And then my ashtray and my truck down there between my cup holders, if I get changed, I'm going through a drive through I do something, then, then I keep putting the change in there. And, and it, it can hold about 8 to $10 worth of change in there. In that. And, and so I'll get in there. And so every now and then I'll be driving by, and then I keep that. And if I'm in Sacramento, I keep cords in there for parking meters. And all now they get, you can put a card in, use your debit card, and pay for parking now. But you used to have to have quarters. And so, so I'd keep it in there for that kind of stuff or whatever. And, uh, but every now and then I'll be driving by and there'll be somebody standing. It happened to me the other day on Thursday morning. I'm going down to the city pastor. Here's a gentleman standing there on the corner. I'm going, man, I got a dollar. And then the Lord always reminds me, no, you have a lot more than a dollar in the change thing. And so, but just be prompted to do that. Be prompted to sow something. Be prompted to do something. I stopped and I got a coffee. There was a lady there and she had her little baby, well, about just about the same age as Jack, about 17 months, little big guy in there and he's laying there kind of quiet. Turns out he's getting over the flu. She goes, oh, I had a hard time. So I'm talking to her. Mom went for him to make my coffee and stuff and, and just in talk. And, and so then I just prayed for him. And the next thing you know, she's going, amen. And so it turned out, I, I didn't ask if she was a Christian, but, but there's an opportunity and things that are happening engage with people, pray for somebody, give something. It doesn't always have to be a lot, but make yourself live in a lifestyle of sowing. Sow an act of kindness. Sow an act of, it doesn't have to be always be a large generosity. What do you have in your hand? If you have something available, and so here's this guy. I mean, he wasn't a, he was, a, you can tell this guy just lived on the street a long time. We have some guys here that are like that. They come to our shelter. They're just perpetual homeless people. They've been out there for, forever. And that, and so you see him just go, hey, you know what? I, and so when you see somebody like that, I go, hey. So I called him up. I go, hey, like a handful. <laughs> And that. that's awesome. But sow something. Amen. Just always be sowing along with everything else you do. And, and so I, we believed that over the year. Sue and I, we were in Bieber. We'd go along. People would come by. We were the only uh, pastor that lived in town. 
Everybody else was kind of transient. They were like uh, circuit riding preachers around there and stuff. And so then the people started to find out we were it. And we had the, a bunch of these uh, crazy rainbow people come through one year. They were on their way up to Camby to this conference. And, and these guys were whacked in the head, man. And uh, so they came through. And next thing you know, they're, and they're all walking around in sheets and stuff like that. And, and they're all vegetarians. And so they came to our house. There, so I'm trying to give them some food and stuff. And then they're, we're, I, I go, man, you want me to, I end up washing their sheets for them that they're wearing and stuff. And, that, and then they, they walked to my house. Well, if you go up my hallway over here, I like to hunt. And uh, so, so, so I had this buck in there. You know, I have this mount up there and hanging in my, and they're walking in. They're going, there's death in your house. I go, yes, but there's meat in my freezer. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, and so you just do that. They were sitting out in my yard eating dandelions and stuff. I said, dude, I have food in the house. You didn't have to eat my lawn. And uh, that was awesome. But, but I mean, just be, find a way to be nice to people. Amen. Just be nice. Yeah, they, were, they were crazy. It was a fun time. Sue comes home. What are you doing with these weird people in our front yard? I said, oh, they're passing by. We're just trying to love on them. Amen. So they, they were going up to this rendezvous up there in Canby up there, and all these people, they go, hey, Michael's going to be there. I said, Michael's going to be there. I go, yeah, who's Michael? Said, Michael the archangel. I said, is that right? Michael's going to be there. Huh? Yes, and Mary's going to be there. I said, Mary who? You know Mary. I said, right, cool, have fun. <laughs> Tell her I said, hey, amen. Yeah, they're crazy people. It was a crack up. Amen. So anyway, find a way. But see, harvest is, is the law of the order. You, every day, every, every day application. Every day there's something. It can seem so crazy, but every day application. And just sowing kindness to people. Even if they're weird, going to see Michael and Mary. Just be nice to them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Doesn't matter. So, but miracles are the law of the extreme. And they happen very Seldom. Very seldom. Wow. So everything we do in our present will end up in our future in the form of a harvest. Get that. Underline that. Everything you're doing in your present is going to end up in your future in the form of harvest. Whether it's giving change to somebody, it doesn't matter. Look, and so many times we look for a large thing. God says he multiplies the seed sown. Amen. All right. So just be nice, and somebody will show you greater kindness. Amen? So the questions we have to ask ourselves is, what are we reaching for in life? Because that's what you're going to end up raising and releasing as a harvest into your life. Abraham learned to receive the provision of God, but not the promise of God. He'd learned God's provision. We looked at it last week. He'd had the blessing, but he hadn't received the promise uh, God had spoken into his life. Because there are times when we find ourselves in need of a miracle. We've been in need of a miracle and God's come through. But for the most part, we're to live by the law of harvest. How many would agree? That's just where we're supposed to live, by the law of harvest. Amen. And then uh, uh, next, Christianity is not a one-time fix, but it is a lifestyle choice. Amen. Oh, okay. All right. Um, all right. Number two, the season of harvest. Underline this. Harvest is a season. It is not continual. Harvest is a, and, and when you understand that, there, there are laws to harvest. 
and how to operate that. We pastored there in Bieber for, for six years, and it was a farming and a ranching community. And those guys had to plan. And, and it worked for me a lot of times in construction. You watch people in construction work. Construction work can be very seasonal. Yep. Construction work can be very seasonal. And then that means that, that, means that uh, and when I was working for the union, we made a lot of money. And so you make it during, you know, the, the good season and in the good weather season, and you're making all this money. But then you go through the winter season and the work dries up. And so then you go, wait a minute, I'm not making that or I'm just on unemployment, how that goes. And so if you don't learn how to plan in the season of harvest, and how to handle your money wisely and, and budget wisely and understand that things are seasonal, then you'd find guys that are always up against it and, and messing up because they're not managing properly. And so harvest is a season, and we have to learn how to manage it. It's important that we learn to use harvest wisely. There's two aspects. Harvest provides supply for current needs in life. Okay? You know harvest? Current needs. All right? But it also... Harvest provides seed for the future. So if you're a farmer and you're reaping a crop, a seed crop, then, then you set aside, okay, this is what we sell to provide and to pay for our needs and provide for our necessities. But this is what we hold back to sow. This is our seed corn. This is our seed wheat over here. And so if we want to have another harvest, we can't sell everything we harvested. We have to have some that is for sowing. Do you understand that? And so we set that aside to sow. I said, Lord, always ask yourself when a harvest comes into your life, is this seed to sow or bread to eat? Or proportionally, how much of this do I sow? Or, or what am I supposed to do? What, what, what goes to provision and what goes to sowing? If I want to have perpetual, if I want to stay in a season of harvest and continue to be sowing, then I have to understand these two principles. Too many times people are consuming their present seed that is to be sown for the future. And so it always comes down to the power of a choice. Amen. Let, let me just talk about giving, and this applies to every aspect of life, but, but, but people say, I don't have any t time to serve God. People, people don't have time and don't have resources to honor God with. Well, then you're sowing it all someplace. You have nothing set aside. You're spending it all with nothing set aside to sow. You understand that? If I don't have any time to give to God, then... I'm spending all my time on something else. If I don't have any money to give to God, then I'm spending all my money on something else. So it's going, my time and my resource, my seed is going somewhere. And so to reallocate that is totally different. But, and then we wonder, well, why am I up again? Because what are you sowing? It's all being sown into something that does not produce. So we must learn to live by the law of seed, time, and harvest. Again, extreme conditions can dictate the need for a miracle, but our everyday life should be connected to the law of harvest. Your life, my life, every day should be connected to the law of harvest. Amen. So, our goal should be to operate on an even keel of increase in our lives through applying the laws of harvest as a lifestyle. I don't like up and down. I don't like up and down. I like, and, and even for us in our church, there, there are things that happen. We have other churches send people to us 
Because we help people. Because the Bible says, give to those who ask, expecting nothing in return. And Jesus always ministered to the poor. So we have people come in and we'll let them know, okay, this is a one-time help. We'll help you. We can help you one. And this is one time. And we have different ways. And they have to fill out and make an application to do all that stuff. But then people, we have other, we, we have people say, well, how'd you hear about it? Oh, such and such a church sent us over here. I said, well, God bless them. <laughs> okay, so what? Uh, so we sent Another church sent them to us to hell, but that means that we have a reputation of helping. And so as a result, as a church, if we will give and we will minister and bless people who are in need and who are in distress, then God will always make sure that we have more than enough. Doing all right? Okay. So we apply that to your ministry. You apply that to your personal life. You apply it to what you do and you help people. We, we start doing, I told Jan a while back, could people come in every now and then people come in for gas? I said, I don't know what we need to do. I said, we'll fix this. We'll make it easier. I said, we'll just go, we'll get, we'll go over and buy a bunch of Safeway $25 gas cards and then, uh, uh, when people come in, we just give them $25. So that's almost a, now that gas is down, that's almost a tank of gas. So it's enough to help you, amen? And so we'll do that. But then we, we gave out a gas card. And the next thing you know, we kind of got in it. I heard you give out gas cards. <laughs> so, so the word gets around. But hey, 25 bucks isn't going to break the bank, amen? And so you can do that. You hand out a cup of them. Okay, this is the one-time card. This is not every other day you come get 25 bucks. Are you doing all right? But you never lose by sowing. You never lose. In fact, it's the law by being on an even, uh, of operating this, we, we can have an even keel of increase. Come on. You cannot plan or budget wisely without an even flow. How many would agree? Amen. That's a hard part. You just have to have an even flow, and then we can plan things out. Amen. And it applies to more than just our money. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs chapter 9, beginning in verse 11, 11 and 12. For by me your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. I like that verse myself. <laughs> Amen. Years added to your life. How you do it? Glory to God. I'm doing great. God, God is multiplying days and adding years to my life. Hey, bet. That's why I only look 17. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Now watch. Verse 12. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you're wise. Now, I always read the opposite in the Proverbs. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. The opposite of that would be if you are stupid, you are stupid for yourself. <laughs> Amen? So I, I because Proverbs either has wise wisdom or foolishness. We're either operating in wisdom or foolishness. Amen? And so you, how many of you have ever tried to help somebody that's just operating in foolishness? Can I help you? No, I got it all figured out. No, you don't. But, okay, keep going on. And then you talk to them later, and they end up at the bottom down here. And if you scoff, watch this. You alone will bear it. Do you know what that just said? That right there 
is seed, time, and harvest. Wisdom, in fact, let me see if I can win. Go back to chapter one. Yeah, Proverbs chapter one. Proverbs chapter one, verse 20. Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open square. She cries out in the chief concourses. At the opening of the gates of the city, she speaks her word. How long will you simple ones? Will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. Wow. And then they go, why is it turning out bad? Because wisdom has been crying out and people don't listen. So see, harvest is connected to more than just our time or our finances or anything, but how are you doing on receiving and sowing wisdom out of your life? We're doing okay? All right. So why is this so important? Go, go, go back to chapter 10, Proverbs 10, chapter 10, and verse 27. Look what it says. It says this, the fear of the Lord does what? Prolongs days. Amen. But the years of the wicked will be shortened. Amen. We're laughing with our children and, uh, and watching our children raise our grandchildren and stuff, and it's fun. And, uh, but Sue and I are doing different things. The whole view of correction today is different than how we grew up. Amen. Amen. Uh, the, the whole kind of general scope. And stuff like this and that. And so we we're having a discussion the other day. And my daughter goes, yeah, but dad, we were afraid of you. I know it was healthy, huh? It was healthy. I said it solved a lot of problems. Amen. But see, but, but they, they always knew I was loved. But they, they, they knew what the guidelines were and that there was correction. See, the thing that we forget about here is we forget that God still corrects us. Hebrews chapter 12 says the chasing of the Lord isn't pleasant. And he, and he corrects those he loves. And that. But the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning, the understanding that, that, that correction comes. In fact, I was just reading in Jeremiah this morning, because it's amazing about Jeremiah, I was going to use it Sunday morning, but in Jeremiah 37, Jeremiah prophesies, and he tells him, you guys, if you don't listen, he tells the king, if you surrender, you won't be destroyed. You, you'll live out it, and you'll have length of day. You're going into captivity if you surrender, but if you resist and try to fight and run and flee, you're going to die, and you're going to watch all your kids die in front of you. And the guy gets mad, and then they throw Jeremiah in a pit, and they don't just put him in dungeon. They lower him down into a cistern, which is an outhouse. They lower him down, and he sinks into the mire. Wow. And then they bring him back up. And, uh, but, but, but he said, hey, but, but he's also said, because God called and you didn't hear the reason this is happening is God was chastising Israel. He was correcting them for losing the fear of the Lord, that God is holy, that he's righteous, that he's just. And so then we go, well, how, how come I'm, I'm reaping a negative? Well, have you sown? I don't even think about that. What about sowing the fear of the Lord, which is reverential respect for God? Amen. And so walking, I'm I just kind of throwing everything out here tonight. But so we understand because people go, well, how come this doesn't work? Well, where's the fear of the Lord? Amen. 
people doing stuff and lifestyle and loving all stuff. And you watch people's conduct and their, and their character and stuff, and there's no fear of God. All right, moving right along. But it says here, look what it says, verse 27. The fear of the Lord does what? The fear of the Lord does what? Prolongs your days. So look at the fear of the Lord defines my conduct. And so I sow a conduct, how I, my actions, what I'm doing, that, that, that's sowing, and it brings a harvest of prolonged days. We're supposed to live by that. Amen? Hallelujah. So, watch it. But the years of the wicked will be shortened. Now, I'm not a, I'm kind of like Forrest Gump. I'm not a smart man. But I can figure that out. Amen. I can figure that out. Praise the Lord. So, what does that mean? L look at this next point. What you hear determines what you believe. What you hear determines what you believe. You know, I'm amazed every time we have a, we go into a political season, I'm amazed at how political campaigns don't talk about any substance. They just come up with one or two soundbite things of something, and they just say it over and over and over again, and pretty soon people hear it, and then they just believe it without ever proving anything, and then they just regurgitate it. And they go, well, that's what I believe. Well, do you even know what that is? It's like I watch what, one of the guys, I, every now and then I, I watch a factor with uh, 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 O'Reilly and stuff on Fox. But he has this, uh, Walters goes out on the street. And he was actually interviewing, I think the, the clip is even on Facebook. He was interviewing people about Bernie Sanders. Do you know what Bernie Sanders, do you even know what a socialist is? Do you even know what a, 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 de a democratic socialist is? Do you even know that? Oh, no. Do you, do you know what it means? That? No, no. No idea. Ah! <laughs> Are you with me? <laughs> and then they're going to vote for him. And, and then if you get it, then you're going to go, wow, how did this happen? Because you are. <laughs> See, I didn't say it. You guys said it. I didn't even have to say that. Wow. Okay, now what? So, but, in the, but we're hearing this stuff. And so people just keep saying and just keep saying and just keep saying. And, and so Bernie's out there. We're going to create the, the home. We're gonna, there, there was a, the first revolution. Now you're going to birth the political revolution. So now people are saying political. They don't even understand what they're saying. It's dangerous stuff. Amen? Crazy stuff. So why? What you hear determines what you believe. What you believe determines what you do, and what you do determines what you have. And what you have is your harvest. Amen. So to change your harvest, you have to change what you do. But to change what you do, you have to change what you believe. But in order to change what you believe, you have to change what you hear. That's why Jesus said, we shared a couple of weeks, take heed what you hear. For with the same measure that you, it's going to be measured back to you. Be careful what you're hearing. Hear the right thing because it's going to get, just write this down out, out somewhere on your outline there. All word is seed. Words are seeds. 
Every word, not just the Bible, all word is seed. Why do they say this? To, because it's a seed. They know there's a psychology behind dealing with people. If you just tell people the same thing over and over, if you keep saying it, it'll get inside it, and they'll receive it pretty soon. It doesn't matter. You just keep saying the same thing over and over. This is it. This is it. And, and then it just gets in there, and they receive that. And then they, they accept it, and then that is what comes out of them. It affects what they believe, even if it's a lie. Do you understand that? It's still, that seed is still going to produce a harvest. So that's why God told Joshua. He said, Joshua, you meditate in this book. Do not let it depart from you. Keep it in your heart and keep it in your mouth. Hear it, read it, and say it. Amen. Now, let me put you like this. See, you guys are, are the midweek crowd, so you're, you're the solid people. I bet. But most of the people, if you're not giving attention to the word, how important is the word of God to you? What words are more important to the word? I always get, I'm always interested because guys, whatever we're interested in, whatever our hobbies are, whatever our likes are, I don't care for women, it can be all your different things that you like and you're like guys, it could be us with all of our sports or our different hobbies or different interests and things like that. Everybody's interested in something. People say, well, I just can't memorize scripture. But I bet you've memorized some other things in your life i bet you know a lot of other stuff by heart amen you know before we had smartphones most people had a lot of phone numbers memorized you know people what's your and so instead of having to look it up when you had the old days of having to actually dial the number instead of just look it up on your contact list and push it yeah, I remember having to die but but remembering numbers we could remember numbers how many know your social security number how many know your driver's license number? Hey, Ben. How many know your address? See, there you have a brain. I'm just telling you, you can memorize this stuff. We can do this. <laughs> hey, Ben. How many remember your children's birthdays? Hey, Ben. How many remember your anniversary? There we go. See, we, this thing, we have a memory. We have memory. How many remember your children's names? Okay, there we go. Oh, okay. So... Look at, look at this next point. The word and work. The word and work will make you prosperous. I just want God to bless me. Well, then ask him for a job. Amen. I believe it. I think, it, is it here? 20, Proverbs 14, is it 14? Yeah. Write this down. Proverbs 14, 23, and then turn there. Fourteen twenty three. Watch this. In all labor there is profit. In all labor there is profit. In all labor, there's profit. I heard Kenneth Copeland say this years ago. He said, if I didn't have a job, 
He said, I'd give a broom and go up and down my street and sweep people's sidewalks and porches for free. He said, I'd just sow labor. Amen. I'd I'd do work for free. Because the Bible says in all labor there is profit. See, sometimes you have to do that radical thing. You guys heard me share my testimony that I, I waited all those months trying to get a job. And I, w- I went down, I went to Sierra Pacific Lumber Mill in Bernie, California. I said, hey, that's why I, I literally, I said, hey, I know. And, and I had applications out. I'd done another thing. I'd actually tried to start my own business, pouring concrete and stuff. Couldn't get any bids. I mean, it was crazy what was going on. And so finally I said, hey, I said, you guys, I know in this lumber mill before long, you're going to have to hire somebody. So I said, whatever job you want, I said, I'm available. I'll go to work for you. Uh, I'll come in and you can train me for free. I offered to work for free and they put me to work. I worked two days for free. The second day I got a call from the company that I'd put up, put an application in to, to do concrete work on a power plant that was being built. And they hired me to be the foreman of, of their foundation crew. Amen. To run the foundation crew. Amen. I was like, cool. So in all labor, there's profit. Finally, when I couldn't get a job, I went and worked for free because in all labor, there's profit. And it broke that thing wide open. Amen. Then the next thing you know, we, 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 within a few weeks, we were preaching up at Bieber and God opened the door for the church. And it just, do you understand what I'm saying? And so, but we, sometimes we, we, we don't want, we, we want to pray and make God do it. But sometimes you have to take the word and work it and work the word. Actually, in all labor, there's profit. That statement right there is sowing and reaping. You cannot sow labor and not reap a harvest. But the harvest doesn't come immediately. Sometimes. But, but if I ever get this and believe it and start living by it, it changes everything. In all labor, there's profit. So think about that. When we're helping, I would put it like this. We go over and volunteer in, in the nursery or to work and to serve in the church. If I'm laboring, if I'm serving, if I'm working, it's profitable. It's not a waste. I'm not losing something. This is where people miss it, especially when it comes to church. If I have to be out or doing that or getting involved, people don't think that that's beneficial. No, it's a seed that I'm sowing. It's going to produce a harvest. Amen. Amen. God's word is true. In all labor, in everything you do, there is profit. Praise the Lord. So the word and work will make you prosperous. Increase doesn't come apart from work. The word directs our work to produce the greatest harvest possible. Or in other words, we choose who directs our life. God's word or our perspective. I, I want to have a perspective based upon what, the, what I've heard God's word say, not the world around me. Look at the world around. The world around is messed up. How many would agree? But Lord, if we live by God's word, it'd turn things around. All right, let's finish this up tonight. So what do we have to do? We have to stand against the enemy of harvest. There's an adversary. How many believe you have an adversary? Okay. When the nation of Israel was possessing their promise, they faced constant opposition. Anybody ever face some opposition? They face constant opposition. But God promised to be with them, and he's with us too. You will too, but be of good cheer. John 16, 33. I love it. Jesus said, John 16, 33. In the world you will have, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. 
So, hey, even though there's an adversary, he doesn't get to win, we do. Amen? Now, here's a hard part. Your harvest is always connected to a man. Always. Always connected to a person, to a man. In the Word of God, go, go with me in the Word of God. Go, go with me to uh, uh, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. And I'll put it to you like this. When it comes to the Word and, and, and to the believer and being connected to a man, it's where people miss it. They hear the Word of God preached and they won't listen to it. Because they think it's just a man talking. Amen. The Word of God always comes to men from men. The word Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, speak to my people and tell them. So every scripture you're reading there came through the mouth of a man. Every prophetic word came through the mouth of a man. Every promise uttered in scripture came through the mouth of a man. Came from a man to a man. Everything you read in the New Testament, God spoke to men and they wrote it down. Holy men, inspired by the Holy Ghost, wrote down. So the Word of God came to men, through men, to men. You doing all right? So, so today, the devil, always, the devil will always discredit the Word through a man. To give people. Well, that's just, that preacher's eye. No, if, if we're preaching the word, then it's the word. Right. So, here's the area here. Second Chronicles 20 and verse 20 says this. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you shall what? Prosper. So when you hear the prophetic word, when you hear the word proclaimed, then believe the prophetic word, believe it when it comes forth, and you prosper. Wow. Go with me to Ezra, chapter 6. Let's keep going to the right. You'll end up there. Ezra, chapter 6. And verse 14, so the elders of the Jews built, and they prospered, watch this, they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, the son of Edo. And they built and finished it according to the commandment of God, of the God of Israel, and according to the command of Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. So they prof prospered through the prophesying. So prosperity and harvest ends up being connected to people. Amen. Now let me just put this. Prophet. Why do we need prophets in our life? Why, why do you need a prophetic voice in your life? Why do you need a pastoral voice in your life? No. Because you won't tell yourself what you need to hear. Why do kids need parents? To tell them what they need to hear. To train them. To direct them. To give guidance to them. Do you understand that? 
So our children need instruction. So what does God give to the body of Christ? He gives gifts to people to tell us what we want to hear. What do we do in America? We're a bunch of spoiled kids. We don't want to be told what to do. You understand what I'm saying? And so, okay, you don't have to run your life your own. Be the boss of your own life. How many know kids go, I'm the boss of my own life. You can't tell me what to do. Okay, cool. Go be boss. Amen. Go get your own job. Go get your own house. Go get your own car. Go buy your own food. Be the boss. You know what I'm saying? And the same thing works with God. If, 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 if the word of God says... Hey, if the Word of God is telling me what to do, yeah, but I'm the boss of my own life. If the preacher's preaching the Word of God and telling us how to line our lives up with the Word of God, we're going, wait a minute, I know that's your opinion, preacher, but I'm the boss of my own life. I live my life. Okay, go ahead. But see, if you're doing that, then you are providing for yourself. Because the moment I tell God, God, I'm not, I'm not under the authority of your Word. I'm my own authority. Then God says you're on your own. You provide for all your stuff. Because His provision flows from His Word. Are we doing all right? So you watch people around, you watch people in Christianity, well, how come Christianity doesn't work? Well, who's the boss of your life? Because the Bible says you and I are the children of God, not the adults of God. And we grow and we're raised up. Are we doing okay? And we're raised up in maturity. So we're under the tutelage of the word. We're under the instruction of the word. And we're to grow and be nurtured by the word. And so you need somebody. You need a parent and people. We need authority. That's why the Bible says obey those who have authority over you in the Lord. Because they watch for your soul. And so for our kids, it's the same thing. Spiritually, it's the same thing. But people today don't want to be under the authority. Am I helping anybody tonight? I mean, all you guys get it, but you think about people you know and say, well, how are you at being taught? Well, I don't have to be preached. I just sit home and read the Bible for myself. Okay. Well, what verses do you read? I read all the blessing verses. I I figures. I I read precious promises every day. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. Every now and then you need somebody to tell you, hey, you have a booger hanging out your nose. You need to clean that up. Amen? You ever watch people do that? Somebody have something and then nobody has guts enough to tell them? (laughs) That's just not nice. Amen? Amen. So watch. All right, let's move on. Okay, so there's eight things you can do to increase the harvest in your life. <laughs> I lost Robin right there. There we go. Eight things you can do to increase the harvest in your life. Number one, you have to sow the gift God has given you to receive the harvest you desire. You have to sow what God has given you. God's put gifts inside of you. I just said, look, at every member has a part in the body of Christ. First and foremost, if I'm not connected in a producing way, in a sowing way to the body of Christ, then I'm, I'm not, I can't have the harvest God has. Not just my money, my time, my talents, my abilities. If I'm not sowing what the gift God has given me into people, I can't get the harvest that I desire. You hold the key to your future. The Bible says in Genesis 26 that Isaac sowed 
in the land. And you and I have to understand, our life is in seed form. Amen. It says, I, I just tell you, I, um, I wish that you could, people would just be hungry enough for the word that we'd get so frustrated with the world. It's like on Sundays and stuff. The, 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 the mo- to me, the most frustrating part of the ministry is the amount of time people give you for ministry. Amen. That's why in the book of Acts, Paul preached all night. Paul preached till a guy fell dead, out, fell asleep, fell out of the window and died. And he went downstairs, raised the guy from the dead and went back up and finished preaching. He didn't go, man, we have to quit. That guy fell out, man. He died. Hell, no problem. We'll raise him back up. He needs to hear my next point. I mean, they go, but see, if I get the word, and I get a hunger for it. And it's not just a matter. But you can't teach. We're trying to do spiritual life. How long does a doctor go to school? No, you don't go eight years. You had to go 12 first. And then you go another eight after that. And then you have to go to postgraduate. And then you have to go to intern school. So you're probably looking about 20, almost 30 years of education to be a doctor or to get degrees or do anything else, education for a degree, but yet we want to be spiritual giants with 15-minute sermonettes. And I tell you why the Word of God doesn't work in people's lives. Because the education level and the respect we give to God's Word is less than what we give to natural education because we believe natural education will produce a greater paycheck for it and we don't believe the Word of God will produce a harvest. Amen. When I have greater respect to the Word, I'll see greater return from it. So, secondly, okay, you have to become more aggressive in the declaration of your faith. You have to be saying something. Faith has a voice. Faith has a voice. Okay? Thirdly, check to see, this is important, check to see if your faith is a reflection of God's ability. What are you believing God for? Well, I'm believing God for 50 cents. I think God can afford more than 50 cents. I mean, what, I mean, make your faith a reflection of what God is able to do. Okay. Brother Jesse did a great job Thursday night just preaching on 2 Corinthians chapter 9, but he preached on God is able. God is able. Paul even said, God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all. So whatever I'm believing, make sure it at least is in some way a reflection of God's ability. Amen? Praise the Lord. And then, number four, live to be the ground of increase that people can sow into and receive a harvest. Amen. Now, we have a lemon tree, and it produces very well, and it's a Myers lemon tree, and Myers lemons are sweeter than regular lemon, but I still don't want to suck on one of them. 
Now, I don't mind squeezing it, using it on things, and it's nice lemon. But I'm not just going to suck on that. And, and, and your life needs to be sweeter than a lemon. Amen? Amen. You need to be more like an orange. You need to be sweet. You, you need to be pleasing and, and, and enjoyable. When people hang around you, they shouldn't walk away with a pucker. Let I me mean, know what I'm saying. You, you shouldn't make people tighten up being around you. So you have to, you have to open up. You have to be big. You have to live big. Be big. Brotherhood always said, I mean, some, some of the most powerful statements, just simple phrases that helped me and kept me over life are just the simplest thing. Brotherhood just said, be big like God. Just always go back to saying, am I being big? Most people are so petty. Am I being way too personal this evening? If you get people, people are so petty and doing all this stuff. And we're just nitpicking, picking everything. Just be, and when people are, just be big anyway, love them anyway. I'll give you another great statement. Brother Hagin, blessed statement ever, I heard. It's this, bless their darling hearts and their stupid heads. <laughs> if you just know people got good heart, but they got dumb heads, you can just love them and smile. And you never let their actions make you sour. Because yes. see what happens. If, if I ever let life and people and things make me sour, then I'm no longer good ground to sow into. I choke. Well, I'm saying that because this is all connected. Live to be the ground of increase that people can sow into and receive a heart. Productive life. Have a productive life. Have an open life. Have an enlarged life. So when people sow into you, you're not, it's not constricting. Five, pray over every seed sown into your life. Come pray over it. Where's it coming? Pray over your job. If you work for somebody, if you're self-employed, pray over your clients. If you work for somebody else, pray over your boss. Thank you, because that seed being sown in, pray over those seeds that are sown into your life. Why do we pray over an offering? Do you understand that? People are sowing. Why do we want to pray over your offering? I want to pray the increase. I want to pray the abundance. Why am I praying? I'm going to pray, Lord, uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Let's say every increase, the same way we pray over your giving, you should pray over everything that comes into your life. Pray that it be blessed. Pray that it be multiplied. Pray your business goes, you know, whatever. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. Pray over it. Pray increase over it. Not just what you sow. People say, Lord, I'm praying over my seed. Well, pray over the seed that somebody else sowed into you. It's amazing. You start praying for your boss, you like your job better. Amen. Moving right along. Amen. Amen. Or in other words, pray for every source of increase in your life. Pray multiplication back to that source. And then number six, does your dependence upon God prove that He is your source? When people say, I can't afford to give to God, then I just tell people, then He's not your source. Amen. Does your dependence upon God prove that He is your source? Are you living by the hand of God or by the arm of man? 
I'm either living by his hand, the provision of his hand, or by the strength of my own arm. Amen. And it's reflected in how we approach God. Go with me to Deuteronomy 16. How are we doing okay tonight? I just, I mean, just thoughts. I don't know, I'd be better if I didn't think so much. Deuteronomy 16, verses 16 17. Three times a year all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of Weeks, at the Feast of Tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. Know what I mean by that? I either see everything that comes into my life as coming from God or as it coming from my hand. Either he's my source and my supply, regardless of the vehicle or the channel or the avenue that it comes through, or I'm the source of my supply. Do you understand that? So if it came from him, it's it. I love it. David said, in fact, go with me to uh, 1 Chronicles. Chapter 24, I believe. Actually, First Chronicles 29. Yeah. David takes up the offering for the tabernacle. And I don't have time to read the whole thing. It's powerful. Starting at verse 10. If you read verse 10 on down where he starts giving his praise. But I, but I just want to read verse 14. He says, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you. You just need to underline this in your Bible. All things come from you. And of your own have we given you. Or David says, everything we have has come from your hand. And all we've done is give back to you what was already yours. Amen? We sang that song, song Sunday morning. Think about that. I'm praising you with the breath you put in my lungs. Think about that. The breath you breathe comes from God. So how can I not give that breath back to him in praise? Amen? I mean, if it ever goes, we're just talking about living by a miracle or how, how do I get out of needing a miracle all the time? When I understand that I have this great life to sow to God and to give back to God in so many ways that even my breath is an offering back to God, a seed sown back to God and praise to God. Amen. Amen. Yep. Yeah. Glory to God. Well, hallelujah. And then, number seven, minister to needs in the lives of people. Minister to needs in the lives of people. And a lot of that just comes, how, how do you increase your, just start ministering to needs in the lives of people. 
Give change away to a homeless person. Pray for a, a lady's baby in Starbucks. Do something that minister to somebody's needs. I just watched that little lady. It's just so simple. I put my hand on a little boy. I said, Father, I thank you. He just healed little Jonathan here uh, 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 of this flu. And he's healed. He's back being healthy, bouncing around, terrorizing his mom. Glory to God. Amen. Being what baby's supposed to do. Amen. And she, and she just lit up. Amen. It just minister to somebody. It's opportunity before you all the time. You can do it all the time. Amen. The little guy's doing granite today. We have the, 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 the it's a three, three Asian young men come in and they're doing the granite and stuff. And, and, and uh, so I said, hey, you guys like pizza? They go, pizza? I go, yeah. You can eat it with chopsticks if you want. I don't care. I said, do you like pizza? They go, yes. And so we ordered pizza, give them pizza. And then they're just nice guys. And then we're hugging. And then one little guy, Barton, turned out he's a Christian. So the pizza gets there. He goes, are we going to do this together? I go, yeah. So we prayed, man. We got to pray over that and prayed over lunch together and stuff. And they're lighting up. And then they're eating pizza and stuff, having fun. Just do something nice to people. And then they're there. And then they're doing a better job. I'm no dummy. <laughs> I want a harvest of a good job, so I'll sow a little pizza into the workers. Amen. Hello? Do, do something, just minister into their lives. Be nice. Amen. Now watch that. What you do for others, God will always make happen to you. You know what I love? Both, two, two of those young men that were there, they both come up, give you a hug as they leave. He's hugging me. Thank you. Da, da, da. Amen. Just be nice to people. It's amazing what happened. Just so. You can never so. See, Proverbs says that, that if we just cast our bread upon the water, it'll come back in not many days. It's just keep, like my God, you give us all these things. To, just being nice. Amen. That's what Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. And then number eight, go back to active again, aggression. Be aggressive in confession. Be aggressive. Amen. Daily, over every area of your life, let your confession produce the fruit that will cause others to desire to come to Christ. Our life should be attractive to others in God. Amen? Father, I thank you for this evening, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what you desire to do in and through us. Lord, we thank you. Everything we have is in seed form. Our whole life is in seed form.